good morning, Berean. It's great to have you be watching online. If you could do me a favor as you are watching, if you could share what you are watching on your Facebook page. That way it'll just double up and that way more people are watching and, and getting involved in what's happening here at Berean Church. We are so excited that you have joined us and uh, online and we're just gonna have a great time. So I just encourage you as you're in your living room to stand up with your, with your spouse or with your kids or whoever's with you. And we're just gonna enter into a time of worship. Father, I'm so thankful that we have this amazing ability to come and to stream online, Lord, and just to worship you knowing that you are fully in control of everything that's going on. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can rely on you and the hope that we have in you. And we're thankful for your amazing grace. And everybody said, amen. Amen, let's worship. Worthy is the Lamb who was 
And you're the God 
you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. Nothing shakes you, oh God. Lord, and we will not be shaken because of your great love. Lord, I believe that you're doing something right now in our midst. You are doing something in our midst, oh God. And I believe that you're going to continue to do it again. You're going to continue to pour out your spirit. You're going to continue to pour out your glory. Lord, not only in our homes and our family, but upon this nation, oh God. Lord, I pray right now that you continue to pour your glory. Pour your glory, Lord. Make yourself known. Make yourself known, Jesus. this morning as you sing it. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet. Do you believe that this morning? <laughs> waiting for change. Lord, I'm waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet His promise Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm in your this is my confidence, you never can be I know that I won't Your work will come to pass. Do you believe that this morning? I will sing your praise again. Oh, you are more than enough for God. Jesus, you're still here. Keep me within your love. Oh, my heart will sing your praise again. I'm going to believe that his mercies are new every morning.
Come on, you sing it, church. Your promise still stands. You sing. Great is your faith. I'm still I'm still
understand but lord more importantly may we open our hearts to receive your word thank you for listening to us as we've worshiped you anoint your servant this morning we love you in your name we pray and everyone said amen amen turn one next to you give a fist bump also make sure that you guys share this on your facebook page hit the share button amen let's welcome pastor gary enjoyed worship this morning put your hands together right where you're sitting right now loud enough that I can hear you put your hands together it's been a great morning of worship there are a few things I want to take time just to chat with you about a little bit if you're new to Brian you're logging on with us for the very first time and we've had no interaction with you would you please go to brianhub.com there'll be a card there that says new to Brian it's an orange card and if you'll fill that out, we'll give a response back to you, and we'll make a $5 donation to a charity in your name. So if you're new to us, we still want to get to know you. Even though we can't see you in person, please click that card, fill that out. There's also a blue card there for praise and prayer requests. And Brian Church or anyone who's logging on, please take advantage of that so we can feel like we're staying connected with you. Let us know what God's doing in your life, what it is we can pray with you about couple of other items just to clarify uh, this Friday night is Good Friday now I've heard people say that this year is going to be really different because we won't be able to celebrate the resurrection that is not true I don't know how you are but I celebrate the resurrection every morning that I get out of bed every day is resurrection celebration and we're going to celebrate this week 
uh, just as much as we would any other time, maybe in a different way, but we will be celebrating his resurrection. So on Friday, we're going to do a drive-in Good Friday service with communion. And uh, we've talked with the mayor to make sure that there's not any problem with that. We have the mayor's full support. And in fact, encourage us to find ways that we can to connect with our faith community. So we'd love for you to join us on Friday night um, at 6.30 is when our service will start. Join us in the, in the uh, south parking lot. Now, here's what I need you to do. Later on today, you're going to get a text message from Berean about the Good Friday service. If you could respond to that and let us know how many cars you're bringing. Okay, not how many people, but how many cars. It'll give us an idea to make sure that we have enough space. So look for that. And if you don't uh, get that text message, you can still contact us through the website and let us know that you're going to join us. We're looking forward to a great time. Sunday morning, we're going to celebrate the resurrection. And uh, join us for that service. Connect with your friends. Let them know they can celebrate Jesus Christ online uh, with our church next Sunday. We're so excited about that. Now, this Wednesday, in addition to all the other activities that go on, we'll continue our adult Zoom Bible study. Now, there are a couple of glitches I just want to help you understand that when you log on to the Zoom account... If you have some trendy, cool name that shows up, but it's not your name, we don't know who you are. And so we're using a buffer called the waiting room so that those who troll us would not be able to get in. You can text us, you can send us an email and say that, hello, this is Bob Jones and my screen name is Rumpelstiltskin247 and we'll know who you are and let you in. But that created us a little bit of a glitch uh, last week. We're trying to make sure that everything is safe. Also want to encourage you to practice giving. Now, I know that some of you are facing financial hardship. My wife was furloughed this week from her job. I know that's happening around, and some of you don't have income right now, and I want you to know that we are praying for you, that God's promises are still true, and for those who tithe, God has said he will take care of you, and we're praying for you. But if you still have income, the biblical principle is still tithing. And so right now, while you're enjoying this worship time together, you can take out your phone, digital device, go to brianhub.com, and on the Give tab, there are, there's information there that you can follow through with digital giving. You can text to give. So how do you do that? Simply text the dollar amount and the keywords. So you would text the dollar sign, a million dollars, and then tithe. And uh, text that to 84321 or any amount less than that would be appreciated if you want to join us there. You can also set up a regular giving account on our website and that information is there as well. You can also um, stop by and drop it off. We have a drop box at the north door. You can drop it off there or you can buzz the buzzer. We'd be glad to greet you and, and, uh, and uh, take your gift and put it to work for the kingdom snail mail still works and you can still put it in the mail they're still dropping off mail here so those are some things for you to take advantage of we are working really hard harder than ever to stay connected with you and it looks like we're going to be doing this for a little while so let's just settle in buckle in and enjoy being able to celebrate digitally our faith with one another
So right now, while you watch this video, get out your phone, your digital device, and text in the offering because this is a participatory service. Worship God with your giving as you watch this video. If you're glad that Jesus is alive, put your hands together right now where you sit. You say, I'm the only one in the room. Put it together anyway. You'll feel better for it. We're going to participate together. Several weeks ago, God put a series on my heart for this Lenten season. And I had shared that with the team. And I'd had a, some people ask me, so the Sunday before Easter, you're going to talk about the resurrection. And I felt like I was supposed to even though I didn't understand what we'd be facing at that time. And if there ever was a message I feel like was ordained by God for this time, it's the word that I feel like I have for you today about what Jesus um, does for us. Now, we've been on a journey through the Lenten series with the stones of the season. We took different stones from the life of Christ and talked about how those help us in our faith journey. Week one, we talked about the missing stone, the stone that doesn't exist in the garden that is the stone of truth. Sometimes we have to get the phony stones out of the way so that we can see the truth. Then we talked about the tables of stone, the law that God takes as an external code and writes them on fleshly tables of the heart. And what the law couldn't do by an external code of conduct God by his spirit does by putting his law in our hearts. Week three, sticks and stones. We talked about freedom, the woman taken in the act of adultery, and then death by stones, the stoning of Stephen. And last week, we celebrated our great chief cornerstone. And we are living stones hewn from the same kind of rock to bring forth his praises in the world that we live in. 
So on this last Sunday before Easter, we're going to look at the Rolling Stone. And for those of you older hippies, I'm not talking about the Rolling Stones. I'm talking about the Rolling Stone in the resurrection story. There was a stone that was rolled away. And I say this almost every Easter season, and I want to say it to you again. The stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. The God who created the world, the God who would rise from the dead, is not going to need help to move a stone. It was moved to let people in and see the evidence for the resurrection. God is in the business of removing the obstacles that hinder people from coming to the power of the resurrection. I want to say that again, and I want you to think about it in the context that we're living. God is in the business of removing obstacles that get in the way of people coming to the power of the resurrection. And if you look at our circumstances today, there are a lot of stones that are in the way. All of this, um, all of these pressures and separation and isolation and the depression and discouragement that people are feeling can be obstacles, but it's our responsibility to team with the Spirit of God and move the obstacles out of the way. How do you do that? Invite someone to join with you online. Encourage people to put their faith in God. Be a blessing wherever you go. I was out doing some essential business yesterday, really things that needed to be done, and I'm determined wherever I go to make somebody smile, particularly that individual who looks the most discouraged. You go on business today where they're open and there's pressure on them. I was told at one place that they had cut their staff by 60% and they're all trying to struggle to get everything done. That's an opportunity not to complain about what's not available, but to be a voice of encouragement that people will hear a voice of hope, that they'll hear a voice that still believes that God is the answer. We've got to remove the obstacles right now that are keeping people from seeing the power of the resurrection. We need to see the stone rolled away. The Bible says much about that. It says that if we cause a little one to stumble, it would be better if a millstone were tied around our necks and we were cast into the depths of the sea. Think about that. Causing someone to stumble, Jesus said, was one of the most heinous things that we could do on this journey on earth. And while I don't have time to preach it this morning, I want to draw your attention back to a moment that occurred at the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he cleansed the temple. You know the story how there were those that were merchandising the sacrifices and Jesus went in with a whip, kicked over the tables of the changers of money and said to them all as he drove them out, this is my father's house, you have made it a den of thieves. As he drove them out, he reminded everyone that God's house of all nations would be called a house of prayer. But what we don't often talk about is what happened when the tables were tipped over and they were driven out. Here's what the Bible says. The blind and the lame, listen to this. The blind and the lame came in and he healed them. When the obstacles to worship were moved out of the way, Jesus' supernatural power was released. 
And I want you to believe with me for next Sunday that we will move obstacles out of the way, that God will open doors of ministry, and that people will experience the resurrection power of God. Right where you're sitting, say amen. Raise your hand, do something. That God is in the business of doing that, and we need to join with him. When we get them out of the way, then what will happen is the blind and the lame will come in, and Jesus will heal them. Wouldn't this be a great opportunity for somebody to find Jesus, for somebody to experience healing, for God to put a marriage back to other church? That's who we are, and that's what we do regardless of what's happening in our world. Let's roll the stone away so people can see the power of the resurrection and see what Jesus can do in our lives. So how was the stone removed? Let's look at that whole process. Well, Matthew 28, verse 2 tells us that the stone was removed by the power of God. Now, could a man have moved that? Certainly. They did in times past. Some of the sepulchers would have family members added and the stone would be rolled away. And there are different theories over how that would happen, but it could have been moved by the hand of man, even though it would have been a difficult process. Some say that it was a disc-shaped stone that would roll downhill into place and with difficulty would be rolled back. What was more common was a cube-shaped stone with a, with a, um, a cone on the end that would slide into place. They would drag it out and then roll it out of the way. And you can see that rolling a cube would be much more difficult than rolling a disc. But in any event, it was possible for them to do that normally could be moved by a couple of men. And the enemies of Jesus were fully aware of that. They wanted to make sure, <laughs> they wanted to make sure that the hand of man did not move the stone because they did not believe in the hand of God. Do not let that stone be moved. They put guards there. Listen to what it says. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate said. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. Now listen to those words. Make it as secure as is humanly possible. Make sure that no human being, no human force, no human power can roll that stone away. Make sure it doesn't happen. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. The anti-faith crowd desperately wants to keep Jesus in the tomb. And if Jesus comes out of the grave, the anti-faith crowd wants to make sure that the stone stays in place. Now, hear what I have to say right now. I do not believe there's a government conspiracy to drive the church out of business. I do not believe that. I don't believe there's any kind of conspiracy to make us stop. But here's what I do know. The devil will use any circumstance that he can to try to thwart the progress of the church of Jesus Christ. He'll take advantage of situations. He'll take advantage of circumstances just like he did at the, at, the, at the sepulcher. Put the guards there. Make sure the stone stays in place. We don't want Jesus getting out and we don't want anyone getting in. How many of you are glad that it isn't over till God says it's over? That it's the hand of God 
that is the final answer in the issues that we face today. God has the final say. I, I almost feel like dancing, so get up and run in a circle around your room right now. We have to understand the power of God. Listen to what the Bible says. There was a violent earthquake. How would you like to have been watching from the distance? I'd love to have a drone that flew over top and watched what was unfolding while those guards are there and there's a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone. What an amazing picture. Can you see it right now? Read it like it's the first time. Did God need an angel to visibly appear and physically show rolling away the stone. No, no. God could have fired a lightning bolt and obliterated it. He could have, without anyone seeing, supernaturally moved it, but he wanted those guards to see it. How do we even know about this? Because the guards would later have to tell the story that God puts in the mouth of the anti-faith crowd the testimony of the power of God when it's released so that it cannot be denied. And they watch this angel come down, <laughs> Woo, grabbed that stone and moved it. Can you imagine how terrified they were? This was a display of God's power to open the door. It's almost as if God was saying, you done yet? Have you done everything you can? You want to add a guard? You want another seal? Uh, what else would you like to do? Are you finished? Now watch. I'm going to send an earthquake and I'm going to send an angel and I'm going to undo everything the hand of the devil has tried to do. We serve that kind of God. God could have done it without a show, but he wanted his glory to be seen. He wanted there to be a response to that. The power of God opens doors to faith. The Bible says that these signs shall follow those who believe. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil while he taught in their synagogues. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that Christians are exempt from pain and suffering or that we will never get sick. That's not what I'm saying to you. But I'm saying that in moments that the resurrection power of God needs to be seen, that God shows up. And in those moments of supernatural power, the glory of the resurrection is seen. Don't be afraid to believe God to confirm his word with supernatural displays. Some of you are without work, don't have income. Your source of supply is not on Capitol Hill. David said, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from who? The Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Say that right now. My help comes from the Lord. And if you don't have toilet paper, he can supply. If you don't have income, he can supply because our help. If at any time we needed to believe this, it's today that our help comes from the Lord. He's our source of strength and help. What can we do? to see the power of God released before Easter that would roll the stone away, that would allow people to see the power of the resurrection. I want you to join me in some specific things. I want you to pray that this, that this resurrection Sunday, there will be testimonies all over the planet 
of men and women, boys and girls who saw a church that didn't give up and didn't run and hide but was aggressive in their faith and we would see more people coming to faith on this Sunday than we have seen at any other time. I do believe that following this time of trial that God can release great power to the church and he can do it now. Begin to pray that men and women, boys and girls, will begin to turn their hearts and lives and faith toward Jesus Christ and pray for demonstrations of God's power. Let's begin to believe for the supernatural. That's what God does. His supernatural power rolls the stones out of the way. Let's begin to believe for manifestations of the supernatural. This, uh, a week ago, talked to a young businessman he's 23 years old and he and another friend saved up money and traveled the world and through Asia and and other places talked about where he'd been and I asked him about his faith journey and he said oh he said I don't remember the country so I'll just pick one that he went to he said, yeah, I found God in Vietnam. That sounds like a great sermon title, doesn't it? Maybe a great title for a book, I Found God in Vietnam. And so I said, well, tell me about that. What happened? He said, I wasn't a Christ I wasn't a believer. I didn't believe in God, but my friend did. And we were in a place in Vietnam when a storm came in, and we didn't have any protection. We didn't have any way to get back other than walk and didn't know what we we're going to do. My friend said, let's go stand under this tree. Now, I don't know your experience, but I've never found a tree big enough to keep me dry in a thunderstorm. It may block some of it, but you're still gonna get wet. And he asked for God to protect them. And he said, while we stood there under that tree <laughs> in Vietnam and the rain is pouring down, not a drop touched either one of us. And this man who didn't believe in God said to me, that's a God I'm willing to believe in. That's a God I'm willing to believe in. Let's believe for the power of God to be manifest and for stones to be rolled out of the way. Let's seek God. Hold up your hand if you're gonna pray with me. Let's seek God for supernatural displays of his power. It is the power of God that rolls the stone out of the way, that everything that man can do, God says, I've got one better. Second, the stone was restrained by the presence of God. The angel stayed with the stone. In fact, I stopped reading Matthew 28, 2 a little bit early, and I left out my favorite three words. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb rolled back the stone and sat on it. <laughs> I love that he sat on it. It's like, I'm done. You got anything else you can dish out? Just sat on it. Um, give it another shot, but I'm still here. The Bible says that his glory was seen, that he was a terrifying presence, and it's almost as though God was saying to the world, I rolled it back, and I'm leaving an angel here to make sure it doesn't ever shut again. The presence of God keeps the stone rolled back. It's not a momentary explosion of faith. 
It's not a sign and wonder in a moment that keeps it open, but I'm convinced that it is the presence of God that keeps the stone rolled away and keeps the doorway open. You are not shutting this door. It will remain open. I am convinced that it is the presence of God that keeps the door open to the empty tomb. What will open hearts and keep them open? The presence of God. Church, listen to me, wherever you go, we are people of the Spirit led by the Spirit, and the presence of God goes where you go. The presence of God will make a difference in the world all around you. The presence of God is what keeps the door open. What makes the church the church? One day when we get to gather back together again and Pastor Nathan does cartwheels down the aisle and does a backflip onto the platform. We'd ask uh, Pastor Matthew to do that, but he tried that once and cracked his collarbone, so we won't make him do that. You'll have to ask him. Kids will have to ask him about his collarbone experience. It's not the worship team. We have a great worship team. It's not the ministries. We have great ministries. It's not leadership. We've got a great team that leads. You can have all that and not be the church. <clears throat> There's something about the church that makes it the church. What is that? It's when you walk in to where the people of God are gathered and you sense what? His presence. People describe it in different ways. Well, I felt w welcome. I felt affirmed. I felt encouraged. It's the presence of God. I'll never forget number of years ago um, on a Sunday night when we still had these, these great Sunday night services. And by the way, join us online tonight for a great hymn sing. Pastor uh, uh, Tim and Pastor Nathan are going to do a hymn sing. Uh, we'll have a great time tonight at 5.30, Facebook premiere. Join us there. But I asked on a Sunday night, people had been in the church less than five years. This, this, this left a mark on me. And I said to them, what brought you back? You know, what was it? What was the amazing thing we were doing that brought you back? And every one of them said there was one thing that brought them back. When I was here, God touched me. God touched me. And I had to come back. Do you know that God can touch you while you're in um, isolation and separation, in quarantine, why not get up every morning and say, God, touch this people once again. Let me feel your touch today, fresh and new. What makes the church the church? What opens hearts? What changes the lives of people? It's the presence of God. And what do we need more than anything in this season? It's the presence of God. We're beginning to understand that the church is us. It's not this building. It's us. And the presence of God should go with us. I remember reading stories of some of the great men of faith in the late 1800s and early 1900s, the Pentecostal outpouring, and I remember one in particular when Smith Wigglesworth walked onto a train car and his presence in the train car had men and women saying to him, what do I have to do to get right with God? Before he ever uttered a word. That's the presence of God. We should have that. Do you know why we don't have that? 
is because we're not desperate. Do you know why we don't have that? Is because we don't see the need. We're not hungry for it. But that kind of presence could come back to the church if we'd begin to believe for that and change everything that's happening in the church world around us. It's the presence of God that keeps the doors open. So we need to seek to be filled with his presence, not just a worship experience, not praying in tongues in a worship service, but being filled with the Spirit of God everywhere we go. This Easter will be a powerful Easter if we will determine that we will once again be seriously hungry for the presence of God and walk as people full of the Spirit. Are you seeking His presence? Are you walking in His presence? Easter will still be Easter if we individually and corporately have his presence in our lives. And I think for such a day as this, we need to remind ourselves that where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there in the midst. Where two or three are gathered in my name. You say, well, there's nobody at my house. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. I really am. Because I probably would have forgot it if you hadn't asked it. Jesus, or Jesus told us that when we pray, we should go into our closet and shut the door. So you know what that means when you put those together? Where one or two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst. Let's make this week coming up to an Easter a time that we decide as people of God that we are gonna be filled with the Spirit, walking in the fullness of God's Spirit in our lives. Now, Here's the third part of this process. Number one, the power of God removed the stone. The presence of God restrained the stone, but it was the people of God who reported the stone. The stone was reported by the people of God. Nobody's gonna know if we don't tell them. The same angel could have appeared in the heavens and shouted all over the land, come see the stone that's rolled away, but mankind was commissioned to bring the report of the stone rolled away. The angel said to the women in Matthew 28, verses five to seven, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. The women were commissioned with a message, a message that Jesus was Risen, The stone is rolled away. We'll discover later in Scripture that the veil in the temple was torn in two, that God has given open access, but somebody had to tell the story. Let the world know. How will they know if no one tells them? What if, instead of all the negative things we do online, we found opportunities to let people know in the midst of their pain and sorrow and suffering that Jesus is still Lord 
that the stone was rolled away. It's the story that we need to tell. It needs to be the fruit of our lips. We need to be telling it every opportunity we get. Then we will be salt and light. We will be influencing our communities. We will be the church if we can understand that in this hour we can't bring them to us, but we can digitally go to them and tell them that the stone is rolled away. Come see the place where the Lord lay. You'll see the power of his resurrection. This is a job that God will not do. It's a job that we're commissioned to do. Now, it's possible to misunderstand the message. What's what's difficult in the gospel accounts of the resurrection is they seem to not be in agreement. It seems as though they don't always align. And there's an account where Mary goes there, and it looks different than what it looks like here in Matthew. And it's not that they're in any contradiction. You just get another slice of the story. And here's how it looks to me. This is the way I've resolved those two accounts. Mary is there in chapter 28 of Matthew with the other woman because she's returning to show her what she's discovered. You see, earlier she had been there by herself and her eyes kept from seeing all that was happening around her and she looks in and the angel has moved inside the tomb and another angel has joined him and they say why are you crying and she'd come to the wrong conclusion she'd come to the conclusion that they had stolen the body of Jesus that it was gone the angels don't speak to her then she turns and begins to leave And she thinks the man that she sees is a gardener. And she doesn't know who he is until he calls her by name. And when he calls her by name, she says, I know who you are. I know that voice. I know who you are. You're not a gardener. You're the son of God. It's Jesus. Jesus says, don't touch me. I have to ascend to the Father, but go and tell others. And I believe at that moment she left, got the other Mary. They went back to the tomb and from there got a fresh commission to tell all of the disciples left to ourselves we will never understand the gospel message we'll look around at the world around us we'll see the circumstances and come to the wrong conclusion Jesus is dead they stole the body the church isn't going to prosper we're all going to die I'll never recover from this our economy will never recover from this Everything is going to be disaster. Everything's going to be terrible. That is not the word of God for this generation. The word of God for this generation is he's still alive. And the God who watches the sparrow, the God who clothes the lily said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And when you look through the eyes of the flesh, you'll have a wrong message. It'll be one of despair and criticism and doubt and confusion and destruction. But when you hear him call your name, are you hearing me right now? When you hear him call your name and you begin to see the world through the eyes of faith, you don't see a world in defeat. You see an opportunity for victory that in the midst of the darkness, the church shines the brightest There's a flurry of activity. The message begins to be published person to person. And that's our job. This week, that's our job. That's our job to tell the story. It's our job every day of every week. 
But especially in this week coming up to the resurrection, it's our job to tell the story. What, what's the story? <laughs> oh, the toilet paper shelves are empty. That may be true, but I know a tomb that's empty. <laughs> and that one's got an answer for you. You say, Pastor, you wouldn't laugh if you're at my house. We're out of toilet paper. Listen, there is an answer for you, but we have to get eyes bigger than the momentary dysfunction of our world and see that Jesus is alive. Hear me, hear me. Some of you need to hear this right now. As long as he's alive, there's an answer to your dilemma, and it's found in the power of the resurrection. The tomb is open, and it's empty. It's our job to get the obstacles out of the way. Could we set our hearts this week that in preparation for the resurrection Sunday, we're going to roll stones out of the way, that we will be the hands and feet and voice of God to roll stones out of the way. Let's make this week a week of rolling stones, of stones that are removed from blocking people. It will be removed by the power of God. It'll be restrained by the presence of God and it will be reported this week by the people of God who have an answer so that when we gather next Sunday, we'll celebrate the goodness and greatness of God. This will change our world. Here's how I want you to pray with me today. Number one, if you're watching this record, this um, video, if you're watching us right now, you're watching this video, and you could be watching it later in the day, some are watching it the next day, whenever you're watching this video, and you've not had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, I want to take you, please, I want to take you by the hand to the empty tomb. I want to stand there by your side and say, look, it's empty. You say, well, I can't see it. I don't believe it's true. Well, here's how you believe it's true. You need to hear Jesus call your name, and he's calling it right now. Pastor, what do I do? You admit that you need a Savior. You admit that you can't make it on your own. You believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for you, and then with your mouth you confess him as Lord. And if you'll do that... Your eyes will be unlightened. You won't see a tomb of a stolen body. You'll see a tomb of a resurrected Christ. And if you pray that right now, would you please pray that in your own way? Jesus, come into my life and make me new. Please let us know so that we can come alongside you and encourage you and strengthen you. You can contact us online through our website. Let us know what God's doing in your life. But for our church family, I, I, I'm asking there are a lot of stones in the way right now. Next Sunday will just be another Sunday unless we roll some stones out of the way. Unless we invest in some people's lives. Unless we talk to some people about Jesus. Unless we become the church. So wherever you are right now, I want you just to stand up. Pastor Nathan's going to lead us in a song as we close today. But I want you to stand up and pray this prayer. Jesus, help me roll the stones away. Help me be part of your work in this, in this kingdom so that people can see the tombs empty. And let's tell it to the nations.
and creatively connect with people who need a stone rolled away so that they can see that the tomb is empty. Give us a vision for those in need and give us a vision on how to encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, I pray for those right now who are afraid, who are facing an uncertain future. They're uncertain of what tomorrow may bring. Right now, I pray that they would hear you call their name. Lord, that they would hear you call their name and put their fear to flight. And you'll be their divine provision. You'll supply their every need. We believe in you as the God of the open tomb. And we trust in your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless you. Pray for this week. Uh, join us on Wednesday. All the activities are Good Friday service. Let us know if you're going to be able to be here. And uh, expect a great supernatural outpouring of God's Spirit next Sunday. Pray for us. We're praying for you. We're going to keep pressing on in Jesus' name. God bless you.